0: Hi, welcome to Camp Adulthood. I'm Camp Adulthood. I'm the resident youth. (laughs) Yay! So, although internet listeners, you don't know, we haven't recorded the past couple weeks since we've been getting everything ready and out. And I hope you guys have all enjoyed listening to our first few episodes. Um, But we're excited to be back today, and we're going to jump right in with our newly titled campfire yay campfire is replacing hot topics which i named after the view my favorite show from high school um but now we're calling it the campfire to really hit home with our camp theme yes brand consistency is key and that's how we're going to get the sweet blue apron money Yes. Awesome. Um, So, Maddie, what are your hot topics? Oh, and I guess we should introduce our guest since she is going to be joining us for all of our hot topics today. Our guest is a lovely dear friend of both of ours named Laura Vinci. She is, did I say your name? Laura Power Hour. (laughs)
1: That's me. Hello, everyone. Laura
0: Power Hour. Actually, how do you pronounce your last name? It's Vinci. That's the American version. Not Vinci.
1: If we were in Italy, we would say Vinci.
0: Vinci. Which one
1: do you prefer?
0: Yeah. Vinci. It's oh, easier, okay. I think. Great. Uh, Laura Vincy, and uh, we'll let Laura introduce herself in a little bit, but let's jump into our hot topics. Maddie said she had a really good one for me. Well, my good hot topic
2: was just what a trash bag evening I had last night. Oh,
0: yes. Tell the whole story.
2: Very trash baggy. So, I was with producer Jenny at a bar, and long story short, I lost my phone, and I had to work... Both days, we're recording this on a Sunday. I had to work Saturday and Sunday. Maddie has a hard job. Yeah, I have a hard job, and it was just such a disaster. I was very hungover this morning. I wore what would be pajamas, essentially. You did. She wore pajamas to her very fancy banking job. Yes, and now I'm in the same pajamas, just in my bedroom now, slash professional
0: studio. Maddie, what happened to you when you were out last night? My phone got stolen and I got very drunk. Yeah. And, but tell them about how people are trying to lure you. Yeah.
2: So I called my phone after it got stolen and some guy picked up and was like, you have to go to Brooklyn to get your phone back. But I was like, I'm not going to do that.
0: Yeah. That she would have been murdered. I literally would have been murdered, so raped and murdered.
2: So that's kind of where I'm at. Maybe less of a, not really
0: a, a campfire hot topic, but that's true. definitely a relevant story to my life. I thought there was going to be, that's your camp adulthood moment for the week, I think there. Yeah. So. Well, knowing not to go get the phone. Well, that was very, that was very adult of you. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I feel like I would have been like, oh, thank you, kind sir. Where are you in Brooklyn?
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. And why did you think, just because you were on the Lower East Side, Why couldn't he have taken the phone to Brooklyn?
2: Because in the time that I called, like, called my phone and was talking to him, there's no way he would have been all the way in
0: Brooklyn. Oh, geography is very important. As we learned. As we learned. In previous episodes. Well, I have an actual hot topic based on the news. Go for it. Present it to the group. Yes. So about 47 people this week um, sent me the article, this new... I mean, literally. I was like, one more person sends me this. It'll be forty-eight. Be, it'll be forty-eight exactly. <laughs> so the article that's talking about how there is a microgeneration in between Gen X and millennials, which they're calling
2: the Xennials. Xennials? Right? I tweeted Xenials? about this yes. on
0: the Camp Adulthood Twitter. Oh, good. I'm an article. Yes. Very good at following our own Twitter. <laughs> We only have 11 followers, so like, get on it, people. Okay, yeah, seriously, at camp underscore adulthood. I don't Twitter, and I was very clear with Maddie when we started this venture that nothing would imp- you know, compel me to Twitter, so I don't feel bad about it. But anyway, so it's talking about this micro-generation that's basically people born between 1977 and 1983. And it goes on, and it talks a lot about... Some of the things that we've outlined here before and basically that you have this subset of millennials who um, are not digital natives, which is what you call, you know, people who are born in the 90s and certainly people born in the 2000s or the aughts, I guess you call it. Which is always very funny to me because aught is such like a...
2: Is that like the zero zero?
0: Mm -hmm. And aught is like a term that my grandmother used to. She'd be like, my phone number is... X, blah, 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 0, 7. people that say Z instead of Z. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so it talked about that and how kind of these, there were different struggles and blah, blah, blah. So there wasn't really, I thought, any new information there, except that they were just naming it. But what I, my big takeaway was not so much that there are these differences, which we've kind of already outlined, but that people so don't want to identify as millennials. And that's really... Because it isn't just like, okay, this fits me better and I feel more comfortable here. It's like, I absolutely do not want to be a millennial. So I am so glad there is this subsection. I don't think freaking baby boomers gave a shit. You know, like they were happy to be called a boomer. So why are, right. you know, well, gonna, it goes back like to the this first hatred.
2: episode when we were talking about my mom? Because she would be in like the exennial version of like the baby boomers mm-hmm. Gen X because she was born in 1964. So it's like, right up against the end of the boomers and beginning of gen x so it's like it's the same sort of time period Mm -hmm. so i feel like every generation has that kind of like if you're in the in-betweener kind of stage yeah you don't really identify as either but it's like a generation is like an arbitrary concept it's just 20 years so it's like where you fall Mm -hmm. like just deal with it people yeah
1: i also think that's such a millennial thing to do to be like i'm not a millennial Right, yeah. to
2: challenge the symptoms. It's like hipsters that are like, I'm not a hipster. Right? It's like the I live same in Brooklyn kind of and thing. I just went to brunch. Yeah, it's like, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck.
0: It's a, it duck. Might be a duck. It's a duck, yeah. Um, so I just, I thought that was interesting and I felt like I had to acknowledge it based on the large number of, you know... Requests And I, I got to acknowledge that. And I do. I mean, I've had a lot of friends who've come up to me that are, have said, you know, you're making a podcast on the millennial experience, but I'm not a millennial. You know, and I'm like, oh, honey, but you are. You know, and people have said this to me who are like 25. And I'm like, you definitely are. So I find that all very, very interesting. So.
2: Nice. That's all. I like it. Yeah. Do you have you. any hot topics, Laura? It's okay if you don't. No, I did Laura's shaking her head know. like, oh,
0: we're unprepared. Yeah, we basically like... um like doing topics from the news. To- yeah, but poor Laura today has been so helpful. So my Camp adulthood moment is kind of like the opposite of Maddie's trash bag. I was looking for a car to buy with my own American dollars. Um, so that was very exciting. Um, and Laura very kindly accompanied me to the dealership and then... Um, I'm looking for a word that I can't think of. I we, we, Shanghai. Oh, that's racist. We. have <laughs> you going going with Like funny? when you like coerce someone into doing something, you say you Shanghai them into doing it. I don't
1: even know where that comes from.
0: I don't know. It's probably another thing my grandma used to say when you when she was talking about her the ox. Well, we could say bait and switch. Bait and switch. It, no, it's not a bait and switch. Just a little bit of a bait and switch. I don't know. But anyway, poor Laura already has, like, trekked all over Manhattan with me to this car dealership in the middle of nowhere. And then because of Maddie's catastrophe with her phone, we were running a little late. And then we, were, we canceled. And then our guest couldn't make it, our original planned guest. So poor Laura was... Harangued into coming and has really stepped up. So thank you, Laura. It's going to be an excellent episode. It's going to be an excellent episode. Very
1: excited. Yeah, I will say I work in the news media, so I do feel unprepared that I had no news media for this. Yeah, Laura was very upset campfire that we didn't story. have an agenda.
2: Well, next on the agenda right? that we don't have is
0: I'm pulling up an email Ooh. submission. This sounds like fun. And yeah, this is this whole episode is basically going to be campfire fun. Yes, this is a. Something that you're going to want some more of. (laughs) So So funny. So funny. Even though you people will be listening to this in a few weeks, uh, it is 4th of July weekend. So God bless America. And uh, hence why we're really pushing the campfire or the camping theme here today in our recording. Okay.
2: So before we head into our interview with Laura... Um, we got our first actual story submission at hello at campadulthood.com. And it is from Jackson.
0: Who is Jackson for our new listeners?
2: Jackson is my brother. Hello. And he is 21 now. He's a real adult person. And he loves the pod. Definitely a friend of the pod. And he sent in this um, this email that I'm going to read in its entirety. So, here we go. I'm going to try not to laugh, because just, I mean, do you we'll need try. me to read it? Do you want to try? Do you think you can do it without laughing? I can laughing? definitely
0: do it without laughing. Okay, but it's Shay's going to read it.
2: No, Shay's going to okay. read it.
0: <clears throat> Hold on. Okay. I'll do it. Yep. Yeah. From Jackson. Subject. Help me. Camp adulthood, comma, return paragraph. I'm a recovering trash bag. Something happened to me this morning. Here's what happened. So I woke up this morning for work, went downstairs and ate some cereal. It was a rave. Just me, all by my lonesome, eating my Cheerios with milk. Anyways, I remembered that I had to bring my gym clothes to work because I was invited to play beach volleyball. from one of my associates at work, and then in parens, work buddy, end parens. So I wanted to bring my athletic shirt, track shorts, and my tennis shoes. Y'all are probably thinking, why is this guy about to bring tennis shoes with him if he's going to play volleyball on the sand? After I ate my Cheerios with milk, I gathered up all of my things, entered the garage, and opened up the car door to store my things in there. Kazam! Let's now fast forward to 20 minutes later when I parked my car at the work parking lot. I then realized that my my tennis shoes did not make it into the car. Bazoom! Let's now rewind to 21 minutes beforehand to when I was just about to enter the vehicle. I must have set the pair of tennis shoes on top of the car and drove off. Camp adulthood. I'm just sad that I lost my kicks, and now I gotta buy a new pair. Jafiel. Thanks for listening. Haramba. <laughs> Is that how you say that? Harambe. Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't I understand this? I'll explain it to you. After okay, great. Harambe didn't die. Bill did have intercourse with that woman. And good night. Love, Jackson Yergi. PS. Kazam! and bazoom were action words i used to heighten the intensity of the story iconic (laughs) so maddie now explain
2: this i would not have been able to read that without laughing i was dying
0: and it (laughs) is you were laughing and you weren't even reading it much better
2: yeah it was much better um hearing it out loud because i've been reading it in in our email inbox but now we've gotten a dramatic reading. Um, yeah, so basically Jackson put his stuff on top of the car and then it fell off, and he was very upset about it. And he felt like he was being a trash bag.
0: I guess as a follow up, did were the cars just not in the garage wherever he's staying, or he was in a parking lot? He put he was in the garage, put the stuff on top of the car, and then drove off. So it must it have off. not fallen off in the garage. Or no, else he would have yeah, it must it have bad. been it in the sneakers, mm-hmm. yeah, the kicks. Yeah, Jeffiel, So who is Harambe?
2: So you know a couple, do you know who Harambe is? Laura? I've heard this because yes. I was
0: talking about Bill. Who's Bill?
2: They're unrelated. Okay yeah. so oh. Harambe <laughs> first. It's very confusing. Jax is just throwing out hot topics left and right. So Harambe is the gorilla. Do you remember at the zoo when the little boy fell into the, oh. and then they killed the gorilla? Yes. That gorilla's name is Harambe.
1: Oh, this is, this is toasty
2: fire.
0: Toasty oh. fire for y'all. Yeah.
2: So Jackson was saying in the email that he believes Harambe didn't die Harambe, even though just like Tupac. He was definitely shot because he was going to maul a baby at the zoo. So Okay, so can That's I, like have you ever seen the dicks out for Harambe memes on the internet? No. Okay, well, you can Google that.
0: But on I want to have a serious talk about Harambe. Okay. So why why did they kill Harambe? That dumb kid shouldn't have fallen in there. Cuz he was going to literally eat the kid. He's a wild animal. That's his job. Eat predators. But would we rather kill,
2: kill the, the gorilla or would we rather have the little boy get chomped?
0: So they killed the gorilla while the little boy was still in there with the gorilla? Yes, correct. Oh, to, to protect to him. To save him, Okay, yeah. I mean, I guess that's it okay. It wasn't like the, he, they put the gorilla down and the boy was fine.
2: It was like mm. they made the decision But that
0: wasn't there... What were the parents doing during all of this? Clearly not watching. Yeah, clearly not watching. Clearly that's problematic. Yes. All right,
2: now who's Bill? So Bill Clinton <laughs> did have intersex with uh, Intersex Wow intersex. intercourse with Monica Lewinsky. Yes. I think that's what Jackson was referring to. I think
0: all millennials
1: may know that story. I know
0: who Bill Clinton is. But I mean he the, had he got a blowjob from Monica Lewinsky when we were like in second, I was like in second grade. I was not what in year second was grade. That? Like nineteen ninety three? I was negative one years old can we look up what year see this is why we need producer jenny here so we can be like producer jenny what year did monica Lewinsky suck bill clinton's dick let me see my mother when she listens to this is going to call me up and now have a fit i turned my phone off or on so
2: i'm gonna google let's see monica monica Lewinsky. blowjob year
1: while you look that up what is she doing now these days. She, isn't
2: she? She does like TED Talks and stuff. Yeah. She has know, a nonprofit part. to help online bullies because she mm-hmm. was the
0: original online bully, which is actually a pretty millennial thing. Well, online bullied. Yeah. Online victim. So. Yeah, yeah, she was Incredible. the first victim. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, actually, Monica Lew- Lewinsky is pretty badass, I have to say. Like, she blew the president and now helps the disadvantaged. Okay.
1: That's great. That is a good place to end up. Mm hmm.
2: Okay, so it was 1995, so I was one year old. One year
0: old. Okay, I was in fifth grade, I guess. And I was in kindergarten. Mm. So I didn't know any... I didn't understand. I didn't understand. I remember
1: asking my mom what was going on, but, like, I had no remote... Like, I wasn't even close. My mom was really polite, but, like, totally just was like, do you want to get ice
0: cream? Honestly, I still kind of don't understand... Okay, so, like, in France, when the Prime Minister of France gets blown by somebody, everybody is just like, no worries, sir, but in America... Like, I think it's also the circumstances. It's the lying and that she was an intern. Yeah, she was, like, 19. But that's of
2: age. Right, but it's, like... But, I mean, okay, give But it's if... the power dynamics. Like, if I was an intern in the White House... I agree. I would like to say I would say no, but what I? I mean Barack. I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to Barack. Yeah. Don't but our president maybe. Is not,
0: I don't think we're we have to worry about the
2: George problem. Bush maybe. Barack definitely.
0: I mean George Bush Shall we
2: do fuck Mary Kill
0: Donald <laughs> Trump, Barack Obama, and George Bush. I'm so it's sorry. So Mom. Easy. I would fuck Barack we Obama, I would marry bad, but... George Bush and I would kill Donald Trump. That sounds like about right. My grandma and yeah, I used I, to have long conversations about how Donald or how George Bush Jr. would be the perfect husband and he'd be great to take to barbecues.
1: Oh my gosh, barbecues.
0: Because he likes everybody. Yeah, he that draws photos lovely of do- dogs.
1: Wouldn't that be a great? A lovely Fourth of July yeah. holiday. George Bush, a dog? Texas? If you're listening, I know it's a little past 4th of July, but you're always invited. Exactly.
0: Okay.
2: So that was our email submission from Jackson. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you would like to share your your life with us via email, please email us at hello at campadulthood.com. Yes. And we will read your email and... Jackson chose to identify himself as Jackson Yergi Bing Bong extraordinaire but if you want to do an anonymous submission we, we don't have to read your name and you can you know lay it all out there. Okay.
0: And we won't always make fun of you and I won't always, I mean I'll always do a dramatic reading. We're always going to make fun of Jackson don't, yeah. don't get it twisted he likes but not it. everyone else he loves it. Yeah. Okay, so should we have our guest introduce herself now? So, Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, We'd like to know the year you were born, where you grew up, uh, where you went to college, if you went to college. I mean, we know that Laura went to college, but some of our guests may not. Um, What you do now for a living, um, and a fun fact about yourself. Okay, I'm going to remember all those things. Yeah.
1: So, my name is Laura. Um, I had a nice shout-out in the first episode
2: (laughs) More Laura, for my
1: Power my power hours. Let me just clear the record that I've done those like twice in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Shay and I were looking for a, an afternoon. Shay is happy She's part of one of the two. I didn't do it because I can't drink warm Pabst. Just just for the record as well, it is more about the 90s videos than oh, it is yeah. about the actual I've drinking. heard about
2: this. They have the YouTube videos where you oh, can.
1: And you watch the Power Rangers come back yeah. and Spongebob. Oh my gosh, I was at a party last night and they Shay did not. Shay hates Spongebob know who I Stick really Stickley was. I know, I read the bio. I don't know who Stick Stickley is. This is a hot topic. Does anyone know Stick Stickly? Is this a cartoon? Is this from... Oh my this is from Spongebob? No, this is Nickelodeon when he came home from school. Oh. It was the after school program. He literally was a stick with little gooey eyes, and he'd be like, all right, next I wasn't is really allowed to like, watch
2: Gumby? TV. I think that's a little bit before all of our time. Yeah. But Gumby
1: was, like, part of a show. Stick Stickly oh,
2: was his like own... he's, like, his own Nickelodeon personality, oh, yes. I see.
0: How high do you think those Nickelodeon executives were back in the day? Like, the shit they came up with. Here's a stick.
1: That was the glory days, though, of yeah. Nickelodeon.
0: I, I... Okay, anyway. We digress. Who are
1: you? So, I actually was born in 1989, so I am smack in the middle of... Of our two, you lovely, are Taylor Swift. Oh, yes, Taylor Swift and I are synergists. She just mm-hmm. doesn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. I live downtown, just you know, blocks from her. Except she moved, but I'm Where'd trying. where did she move? She sold her Tribeca lot, didn't she? I don't know. I thought she did. Adam Levine did. Everyone's leaving I have Tribeca. I Google Jenny. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go on. Um. So yes, I actually I did attend university. I went to University of Kansas, and I also have my master's from Virginia Tech. She's a smarty. Um, I now work in public relations for a small agency here in the city. And a fun fact about me: to go back to the question I skipped of where I grew up, I grew up in Nebraska. Actually, which is so random, but it makes the Kansas connection. Um, All the I've,
2: best people are from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I Midwest to.
1: best. Um, I've lived in seven states, so oh. I've moved around
0: quite a bit. I didn't know that about you. That's cool. It is good. I just want to state for all of our internet listeners that Laura put on lipstick I for did. this recording. Even though you can't see her. And I she's took my bra for this
2: recording, <laughs> so we see who the real winner Same. is.
1: I was oh. just getting ready for my close-up. So
2: one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about, other than, you know, millennial life in general, which we want to get your, your thoughts, but The reason why we all know you is because we were all in the sorority together. Yes, we were. So I think we just wanted to get your thoughts initially about kind of what was your sorority experience and what has it been since you've left college?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to start by saying when Maddie says we were all in the same sorority, I think a lot of people get confused. We were all in the same sorority at different places and then all currently live, reside in New York City and so have met because we all have that affiliation. So it's really cool. And I think, you know, sorority for me, especially because I am a transfer student, I started at one college and then ended up going to another, University of Kansas, Rock Chalk. Um, but it was great because I was, I joined, can we name it? We're naming it Kappa?
0: I just said oh, yeah. it. We, I mean, we say it.
1: We say it. I know we you said it a lot it of the
0: first episode. Also, you're the one in PR that actually works for the fraternity. So, so
1: that is true. Yeah. I
0: was headquartered
1: intern my turn
0: right here. Yes. That was one
1: of my states was Columbus, Ohio.
0: Aww.
1: for three months it was lovely lovely place. but um, but yeah so I was initiated Kappa at my first university and then which was very small. We did not have a house. It's definitely not what all of you listeners are thinking of as wild and crazy Sorority. It was the exact opposite. Um, and then I did transfer to a big state school where we had this glamorous, beautiful house and Kappa was one of the best houses on campus. And it was, I literally got both sides of the coin in terms of my sorority experience. So excited to talk to you guys about your experience too. But I re- the reason why I joined a sorority is yes, It is fun to be social and to meet other people, other women, other men. Um, But I've really used Kappa to get jobs and to give back. And, you know, the three of us met because we all advised together. So it's really about giving back, which I guess is the, the less fun side of being in a sorority. But I actually personally think it's more fun. And I really enjoy, you know, it's one of my extracurricular
0: activities now that I really look forward to doing.
2: Okay. That's so exciting.
0: Um, I mean, I think Laura, so it was really interesting just because, um, again, since we uh, kind of surprised Laura into appearing today, our original uh, guest, uh, there's a point to this that I'm going into, um, is the gentleman we're going to have uh, probably on our next episode. And we're going to be talking to him about... Uh, being young and having gotten sober through AA at a really young age. So when I was originally preparing for um, this episode, I was doing a lot of reading about kind of people's attitude towards drinking and young people's attitude towards drinking. And we'll get into that when Stephen's on. But the one thing that's really interesting and applies to this conversation is the dark side of fraternity and sorority life. And people really... you know, as they're trying to combat this issue of binge drinking and dangerous drinking on college campuses, a lot of it comes back. People think the easy solution is to get rid of fraternities and sororities. So I think, you know, it's easy. You know, I think Laura tells a really beautiful story that's also very, you know, in some ways similar to my story. I went to a a small liberal arts college. I wanted to make more friends. I rushed. And or, I mean, I guess we were still allowed to call it rushing at that point. That's now no longer a kosher the term. Fruit, um, but um, I rushed. It was a great experience. Everything was very supportive and wonderful. And I met all these great friends and people who have given back to me in ways that I couldn't even begin to go on um, about in the short time we have to chat today. But just people who've gone above and beyond as friends and the word sister is not a word i use lightly and it's something i really consider you know these two women in the room with me and then these other women from my own college experience to be um so i think particularly for you laura someone who worked for the national fraternity and um someone who saw kind of all of these sides of the coin what do you think of the dark side
1: I definitely think that there is a dark side. And I've thought about this a lot because actually in another life, I would definitely be working on a college campus. It's really interesting to me, the college culture. And I think at least, you know, Kappa from headquarters really has a spotlight on it and wants to address the problem. It's not something you can sweep under the rug. That being said, I don't think the problem herein lies in just Greek life. I think it is a college campus problem. I'll tell you, even before I before I rushed and when I was just going to, you know, college parties when I was in high school. Like, it is not...
0: What a badass. I wasn't going to any college parties. I was a dork. I wasn't I, I was I
1: wasn't there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not only isolated by the Greek community. I think, you know, a lot of what I saw at a young age but then also in college is it's just a, it's an issue overall. It is not pigeonholed to you know, the fraternities and the sororities, it is the people, you know, you might just binge drink with your hall. You, you know, everybody in college likes drinking. That's a blatant statement, but you know what I mean? I think that it is a national collegiate campus issue, not just fraternity and sorority, but I think that is a good scapegoat. And the fact that it's a tangible one, because you're not going to say, oh, these, these friends, that guy, they went and got drunk and then got hit by a car, right? There's no tangibleness to it, whereas if it's at a fraternity house, you can. there's something there, something concrete you can point it back to. Is that a problem? Of course it is. But I do think it's a larger campus
0: collegiate life problem. Excellent. Well, I, I have another question kind of along those lines, but I think Maddie should talk a little bit about her experience because it was very different from either Laura's um, or mine.
2: Sure. So I went to college at NYU as we all know and it's clearly like a city school we didn't have we had like a, a house and a dorm but it wasn't like the big you know white pillars sorority house that maybe people are thinking about and has been depicted a lot in the media um, but we did have a big chapter when I joined it was about 70 women and when I left it was about a hundred and 50, maybe a little bit more, 170. So my chapter when I left had been on NYU's campus for only five years. So even though I was a part of Kappa Kappa Gamma, which has been around since 1870, fun fact, um, and has, you know, hundreds of chapters, like my chapter was very new and we used to be a local sorority. So Um, Kappa Psi Delta was the local sorority, and it was just that. Like, it was a group, a small group that just existed at NYU, and then they decided that, you know, in order to become bigger and, you know, it's really hard to recruit as a local chapter, they wanted to expand, and NYU was looking to expand Greek life, so they brought Kappa Kappa Gamma on. Um, But I think it's safe to say, I mean, I I didn't get hazed. I don't think anyone else in this room did, (laughs) like... My hazing was like,
0: "Do you want to have pie with me in the cafeteria, sweetheart?" And I'd be like, "Yes."
2: Yeah, it was very, it was very tame, and I think, um, you know, I I wasn't looking for that that type of experience. Like growing up in in high school and even a little bit into college, I didn't. I think people are surprised, you know, like even when I introduce them to other sorority friends in New York, they're like, "Well, you guys don't seem like sorority girls." Like even just the other, like maybe a month ago producer jenny and i were at a comedy show and it was like an improv show so they were like asking people questions about themselves blah 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 and they were like oh how are you two friends with each other and we were like we were in the same sorority and they were like you guys don't look like sorority people and it's like it's just such a foreign thing to me because i've been laura and i were both at convention together last summer like this time last year <laughs> tears that we're out there time. um and i've gone to different like regional conferences and i was the president of my chapter so i got to you know talk to a lot of alums and stuff like that and it it really is a diverse group maybe not as diverse as like america as a whole but i i didn't see just like one type of woman so the the fact that that's what people think it is is a little bit upsetting but yeah i mean my experience was very like it was just like being in a club that it
0: wasn't anything crazy, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really interesting to talk about the diversity because I had an experience – I'm um, adjusting my mic, guys, sorry uh, – where I came from a pretty homogenous group, and that's just because I went to school in Ohio and a Catholic college, and there were, like, three people of color in the entire university. But um, – But one of my first experiences advising was in California at Cal State Northridge. And I just remember being so blown away by these women that they came to college. A lot of them were first generation college students. Most of them were, I mean, a a good number of them were first generation Americans. So we had, I mean, really every color in the rainbow, every sexual orientation. And this was still like seven or eight years ago. So we weren't As a nation, or as most colleges were not quite as accepting of this, and that they were all able to embrace this experience and that they were supported by all these other women, because I think that's the other dark side that you hear about. And there's a book that I Violently oh, hate. I don't even know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, by Alexandra Robbins called oh. Pledged, uh, which is. Bad book. Don't
2: read it. Ooh, I don't read that read so it. long
0: ago. It's, I know. And well, she's recently, ca- I think recently, as in like within the past two years, come out with an updated version. Um, and I've read very various excerpts when it kind of got some more attention. Um, and I just think it is heinous the way that she takes kind of a very singular experience and then and again I shouldn't speak as if I just read it because it's also probably been 10 years since I read it um and talks about that as if it was the norm because I feel like I've now met so many like I don't feel like my experience was the anomaly the fact that I had a good experience was not an anomaly because you had a good experience you You had a good experience it's
2: not like no one's gonna write a book of like this is how great my sorority experience is. Like I think, mm-hmm. and even like celebrities and people that have a platform who are like, yeah, I was a sorority woman and it was a good experience. It's like, yeah, I might get one byline in a magazine, but mm-hmm. they're not gonna write, it's not even gonna take up a whole chapter in there.
1: Right. And I think that circles back to the first question, right? It's it's the bad things that are getting the media attention. And it's but that's just such an isolated experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for anyone who, and I think you hear a lot that, you know, being in a sorority is anti-feminist, I encourage everyone to read one of my favorite books, um, which is called Bound by a Mighty Vow. And oh, it talks great about- Great book. You should read that one. An excellent book. It would be helpful if I could think of the author, but we will put links um, on the website, Um, But it really talks about the history and how what these women, uh, so in 1870, that was Kappa and- Kappa Alpha Theta, I believe. Yeah, I think Um, the book
2: chronicles Kappa
0: Alpha Theta. Yeah, as the first two um, women's fraternities, because sorority wasn't even a word that had been coined at that time. And I think right now, in a time when, once again, women's rights are being threatened, to remember that here we are not 150 years ago, that these women, by exercising their right to gather together as women, were doing something super, super radical. And that's a huge legacy, and it's really amazing that we get to take part in them. my
2: favorite part of that book and someone I think someone talked about this at convention too when we were there that um like women would accompany each other to class especially women that were in Mm -hmm. the sciences because Mm -hmm. they might be the only woman out of 50 people in the in the class and it's not even that it was just socially isolating like they would get actually like taunted and like verbally harassed in class so their sorority sisters would go and like form a barrier around them just so that their one sister could, like, actually
0: attend class. Yeah. So that happens. Yeah. And I think that's really incredible because I, you know, if you're, I think we should all, you know, not take for granted that we're able to get an education. But I think as women, we do take it for granted. But realizing, you know, many universities were not co-ed until the 70s you know I mean it's pretty crazy you know so
2: and the other thing too is which you guys can feel free to jump in about this I feel like Greek life this is gonna make me sound like men are the worst and I hate them which like sometimes they do and sometimes they are the worst but a lot of you know sororities have their problems but whenever whether it's a male organization or female organization it, it does reflect poorly on everyone and a lot of I think you know, the, the sexual assault problems, the binge drinking. It is just more prevalent in fraternities. Like it just is like even at NYU, when I was there, you know, when I was part of like the leadership there, like we had some issues with sororities, but the vast majority, it was like always the fraternities that were getting in trouble or doing dangerous things or had, you know, allegations against them or whatever. And it's unfortunate because there were a lot of, you know, men in those groups who were not part of it but it just made me upset because I was like literally I go out of my way to like do all the do everything like to the book to the tea and then people hear Greek Life and they're like oh you either you're complicit in either hanging out with these guys who are doing all these bad things or you know you're doing the bad things yourself and it's like no that's why when campuses say we're gonna ban Greek Life I'm like just ban the fraternities let the sororities stay. I know that's bad. And like, I, I do think that fraternities should be allowed to stay. I think banning Greek life is bad altogether, but I'm like, just get rid of the problem organizations specifically and let everyone else kind of do their thing. It's like an innocent until proven guilty thing. I think.
1: Yeah. And I agree. I think it's a, the bigger problem, not who's not the examples of who's doing it, but it's the bigger underlying problem. I mean, You're out of college just a few years. I've been out for, what, six years now or so, and it's completely different than when I was in school. I mean, even just thinking about when you go to a bar and getting texts, like, I don't know, Shay, if anybody even texted really late from the bars or if you just went to a bar and found people. Texting was just kind of becoming more popular in terms of it becoming a daily habit when I was in college, but that also leads to stuff. If you're texting after you've gone out for dollar night, Totally, yeah. I agree. And all of the there are a lot of regulations
2: in place now that do keep people safer. But I think anytime you're you're putting a blanket statement on a whole group and saying like this group is bad is
0: like it's never productive. It's never productive. Well and I think there's this expectation that Greek life is going to if they're not solving all the problems, if they're not addressing the sexual assault and the drinking and the issues of diversity and the issues of girl-on-girl bullying and the issues of hazing, if they're not immediately solving all the problems, that they're complicit and supporting the bad behavior. And I think that that is a lot of pressure to put on any one organization, especially organizations that are doing as much good as they can. Um, I mean, I recently got an email that Kappa is doing a new initiative to support mental health in young women, which I think is one of my personal causes that I feel really, really strong about, um, just both from my personal life and having been an advisor for close to a decade. Um, So Kappa is pouring probably millions of dollars of their foundation from their foundation into training volunteers to be advocates for, you know, the mental health of young women. And they might as well be like giving, I mean, like the way the media looks at greek life that kind of stuff never is even acknowledged so i think that that's that's really problematic um because they're not going to be able to solve all the problems in a short period of time because they are representative i think of larger systemic problems in our american culture
2: totally and i think programs like that like in my chapter we had um the femisphere
0: Mm, which so great which i still think needs to be adopted Nationwide, but it that's might happening. happen if
2: yeah. any if anyone from Cab HQ is listening, yeah, we will we, we will help. Um, but it it helped us in a large part win best chapter, whatever that is. Chapter most outstanding, most outstanding. outstanding. chapter, the
1: most outstanding chapter, which was um, last year when Maddie and I were at convention, so it was yeah. very fun. To it was see very her exciting. Get the big
0: bowl, the big it's bowl. A lovely punch bowl. We got a win. punch bowl. Yeah, it's right. great. Now, does Ada Pie have to give that back, or do they get to keep it? Forever? No, it's there. No, oh,
1: it's at the house. Yes. It's great. Go
2: on. It goes to recruitment. It's awesome. Um, But one of the reasons why we got that award is because um, we developed this um, program called Femisphere, which our friend Jen actually was like her main idea. It was like her contribution when she was the risk management chair. And it was basically like this whole online platform and presentations and every week at chapter there would be like a different topic and it would just be she would take suggestions kind of on like a wiki page of things that they wanted people wanted to talk about and then she would either have someone else present or she would present it and we would just have like an open discussion about the topic and so we did like sexual health we did like mental health I'm trying to think of what the other like good topics were like but a bunch of things that were women's issues that maybe, you know, depending on where you grew up, you've never been in a, in a space where you could freely ask questions about those things, you know, coming to college and especially NYU. It was like Shay was saying at, um, her first university that she advised at, you know, a lot of people are first co- first generation college students or come from different backgrounds that maybe they had never heard this information before. So, um, I think that was really, That was really powerful, and it it was something that felt so organic to us. Like, we didn't know that no other chapter was doing it. So I think things like that are happening, and I'm sure similar things are happening at other chapters. They're just not, you know, good about publicizing it or whatever. But it's things like that that's, like, space for women. And it goes back to what Shay was saying, like, being in a sorority is not anti-feminist because it's, you know, it's a space for women It's like a women's only space and it's really the only protected organization where you don't, you're allowed to discriminate based on gender, basically. So I love it. I love being in a sorority. It's great. Obviously, we're all biased in the room, but I think none of us had a bad experience. And
1: I think, and we all went to such different
2: chapters. Mm -hmm.
1: And I have to say, I actually like being in a sorority much more now. So yes, college was fun, all four years, you know, all the date parties, all the philanthropical events, was, they were great, but I've really, really seen, you know, Kappa, Just I've just become more part of the Kappa Kool-Aid, if you will, now, because, you know, I came to New York, I didn't know anybody, and over the course of advising and getting involved, I met both Shay and Maddie. I, you know, have my best friends from Kappa and would never have met them had we not all been involved in, you know, at our various universities. I've gotten several jobs because of Kappas mm-hmm. and just networking with them. You know, I've been able to develop my own mentoring skills and my own networking skills through, um, activities and events that the, you know, the alumni association puts on. I mean, I've really grown to love this organization so much more after the fact. And when you're, you know, when you're 17, 18, a college freshman, you're not thinking about that. And that's why I'm so glad that, you know, because it's, you know, sticking with it through all four years because the benefit is just so much more exponentially greater now.
0: So I guess, um, and this may be opening up a can of worms that I don't really want to open, but I'm going to ask anyway. I mean, I would love for if any of our listeners um, feel like we are completely off base and we are being privileged white girls by even saying that Greek life and sorority life is a good thing, um, I would love to kind of hear your sane, rational logic um, behind that. Yeah. So please Especially share with us. for people
2: that maybe have been in Greek life. Like I think yeah. a lot of, I'm hoping this conversation, like for people that maybe weren't a part of Greek life, it's a little bit... Eye-opening just because the stories tend to be so... Sensational. Negative. Yeah, sensational. Yeah. That's a good word. Um, and we kind of all had just like a normal, pleasant experience. Um, but if anyone like didn't have that experience and you think it was something that was directly related to the the sorority or the chapter that you were in and not, you know, a systemic problem with American binge drinking culture or something mm-hmm. like that, which is a big problem... Um, then yeah, definitely
0: feel free to reach out. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so should we, before we go read our cards, should we do our 20 quick questions with Laura to, um, cement her place in the millennial sphere? Absolutely. Okay. This is very professional and very well thought out, right Maddie? Yes, totally. Okay. Laura, what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Titanic. Oh, a classic. a
1: classic. I have to have a little asterisk, though. When I got Titanic, it was still on VHS. Oh. And tape two is where the ship dies. Spoiler alert. Ship dies. Um, I would only watch tape one.
0: Oh, my friends and I, and we were like in eighth grade when Titanic came out. And we would just watch it and watch it and sing My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion and Fantastic squeal song. over Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, anyway, back to the rapid fire questions, uh, favorite book, favorite book Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, you really are. This is good for you. Um, favorite childhood candy Twizzlers, favorite childhood cartoon stick stickly. <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> oh, it was geez. so great. <laughs> okay. What? He reminds me of the like Microsoft word paperclip. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. But so much more helpful. So much more helpful. Um, help me here, Maddie.
2: Favorite place you visited?
0: Ooh, I'd have to say I just went to Paris with ooh, my brother, and it was
1: amazing. You could drink wine all day on the streets. That was mm-hmm. encouraged.
0: Encour- I, that was me. I'm sorry. I my ears um, Let's see. Uh, favorite, favorite year in elementary school?
1: Ooh, I didn't like any of elementary school. Okay. Favorite year of high school? I also don't like high school. Can we move on to
0: college? All four years. Oh, oh. (laughs) I love it. I love Love it. it. Um, How old were you when you had your first kiss? I was 16. (gasps) Oh, that's cute. Oh, sweet. I know. Um, Okay, I think that's all my questions. I'm going to actually eventually one day make that a very concrete list, but right now it's just random.
2: Okay, so the cards. So in the spirit of trying to make this... More of a crowdsourced thing and not just Shay and I coming up with all of the topics and assuming what people want to hear about. We um, we had a launch party, which Laura attended. It was so fun. It was on a rooftop. It was on Producer Jenny's cool. rooftop. And I got way too drunk and ended up spending the night at Producer Jenny's and couldn't eat anything for like 24 hours. It was horrible. But the party itself was very fun. And... To get people involved, for those that came, we had a box, and it was a Blue Apron box because we're trying to get that sweet Blue Apron money. Mm-hmm. We get advertisers. Hashtag Blue Apron money. Hashtag Blue Apron money. Sweet and Apron. so we decorated the box, and we had stickers and stuff and whatever. And so we had cards, and we encouraged people to either write, you know, their millennial moment of the week, or a hot topic, or just something that they wanted to say. So we have a handful of cards. And so I was thinking, since there's three of us, we can pick three of them to talk Ooh, about today. I love it. I love so it. So I've put them face down. I was thinking, we'll just kind of do it at random. I've, Shay and I have read all of these, but. Um, these are new for me. Yeah. So, but I don't know which one's going to come up.
0: All right. Should we let our esteemed guest pick do you first? you pick? Oh, yes. Pick a cod, any cod. You sound like a magician. Yes. All right. I have one.
2: It says polyamory.
1: Ooh! I'm sorry, the, uh, the words were a little hard to read. Yeah,
2: whoever wrote that one, uh, real scribbly
0: handwriting. That was probably after. So what are our thoughts
2: on polyamory?
0: What? We can pick another I have one. a comment for later in private about that one. <laughs> so, um, I just, I think a certain person put that in the box. Oh. 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 Well, I think we could still discuss it, you know, high level. Yeah. Um, Polyamory is like a thing that cool people
2: are into. Really? Yeah. I think it's not for everyone. Some people are like
0: skeeved out by it, I think. Here's my thing. It's definitely not for everyone. I think it's still an alternative lifestyle. It is definitely an alternative lifestyle. I have several opinions. Uh, The first opinion is my, I have some friends uh, some Canadian friends who lived in a four-person polyamorous relationship for... Four people? Mm-hmm. How do you manage that? This is so exciting. This I is, have not heard this I know. story. This, this is a real is, hot take. It's a hot take. Yeah, so this is why I could never be polyamorous. I can barely handle handle myself, let alone a boyfriend, let alone a boyfriend and another boyfriend and a girlfriend. So it was um, two women, two men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they were two couples, and then they came together together, um, and Were I mean, they all,
2: sorry, I'm going to ask. You no, please do. Were they all equals or was it more like everyone had a primary well, and then they all had a secondary? They had
0: just gotten into it. And I, you know, I didn't I didn't really know all the details. But I think what I thought was so I think their primary was each their original partner. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was really interesting to me is that in this particular case, the the so the the boys would switch the girls. The girls would go with either guy and the girls could go with each other, but the guys couldn't go with each other. They couldn't or they didn't they want to. They didn't want to. Mm. And the guys also couldn't take. Yeah. So I thought that that was really, There's something in me that I remember I was telling my friend at the time, I was like, just, I mean, you guys work out whatever works for you, but there was something about that arrangement that like sent up a red flag for me. Obviously I was being overly cautious for my friend because they were in this relationship for like three years and it worked out and they're amazing, lovely, kind, mindful people. But,
1: but it worked out for three years.
0: I think so, two to three years, yeah. That's um but that always I just was like, four people, god damn, and they all lived in the same house and I just I just couldn't. But not because of any judgment, just because I am lazy. So That's great. Yeah. Any any mm-hmm. other thoughts on polyamory? Laura has a Look of shock on her face.
1: I I saw it in Mistresses once, that TV show oh, that yeah. was a oh. of yeah. Desperate Housewives yeah. ish, I guess. Um, it didn't work out for them. Mm. Alas. Okay. Okay. We're going to pick card number two. I get to try again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, this one is a shout out for Maddie.
2: Oh, okay. So I'll tell this this is a lame hot topic. So.
1: I'm not going to be allowed Our, to pick these
2: anymore. <laughs> Dan- Maybe we'll do four because this really isn't a, a hot topic. Okay. I'll just tell the story of why this person put it in here. So Daniela, who played the guitar on Katie's episode. She's excellent. She's excellent. She put this in. So Daniela and I studied abroad together in London. And there was a guy that worked in the resource center at the like campus that we were at. And his name is Harvey Abraham Green. And I hate him. I hate him so much. And he hates me back. We have a deep-rooted hatred for each other. And he is the most surly person. He was rude to everyone. Mm -hmm. He was rude to me in particular. And everyone loved him. And they were like, oh, Harvey's, like, such a bro. Like, he was a young – he was probably, like, 25. I don't actually know how old he was. But he was, like, not that much older than us. And everyone thought he was, like, really cute and kind of, like, brooding in, like, a British way. And I was like, Harvey's an asshole. And I literally hate him. And I used to get upset because there was – one of his jobs was he would, like, take us on excursions – and there was this other guy whose name is escaping me but he would lead the tours and whenever we would go on these like group outings it would either be like you were with that guy or you were with harvey Mm. and if you were with the other guy he like gave you so many fun facts on the bus he was like really enthused he was like an older gentleman and he knew so much history and i used to love getting on his bus because i was like i learned so much it's so engaging and then you get on harvey's bus and he would just be like here we are at Stonehenge, like really surly, and I hated it. So, anyways, Danielle and I were talking about it at the party, and she was like, I'm gonna put it in the box. So, anyways.
0: Awesome.
2: Alright, we're gonna do two more actual hot topics now.
1: My lot to pick music? Yes. Alright, no whammies. No whammies. The question on the table: What is a trash human and why? Smiley face.
0: Ooh.
2: This is good. This Shay, is good. do you want to describe what a trash bag is to you? We can all kind of... Yeah. It's,
0: I feel like it's a make-your-own-adventure. So, I think trash bag has kind of two... There are two definitions. Definition one. A trash bag, as we discussed in episode one of Camp Adulthood, is, you know, when you're just kind of being trash. Like, you are... Serving, You're being very functional in life, like trash, like a trash bag serves a purpose. But you're also kind of sitting around your house in your underwear eating cold ramen, watching the real housewives for 12 hours on end. Um, but again, you're getting all your shit done. You're containing what you need to be contained. Um, definition 2 of trash per trash bag or really trash human. Yeah.
2: Trash human, trash bag, everyone's a trash bag. Trash yeah, human is really is completely you have to be a special. Different.
0: If you're level. a trash human, you literally do not deserve... You are trash that lays on the sidewalk that my dog smells and pees I on. I tell the story of the disgusting trash Yes. Human? Shay can interject because she was there. This ban is awful. <laughs>
1: Laura, have you heard this story? I cannot wait. Um,
2: okay, so once upon a time...
0: When Maddie and I
2: were roommates... We, yeah, when we lived in the actual camp adulthood that yeah. is Shay's apartment. And I
0: took care of Maddie. Yes. And she took care of me.
2: Um, I was having relations with this boy. Mm -hmm. We're not even going to use the term man.
0: Before he, this incident, we thought him quite handsome. Yeah, he was handsome. Yeah, Yeah.
2: he was very tall. He was nice, you know. And so we were kind of like, I'm not going to say we were like dating, but we were like hanging out, like going on dates, whatever. It like wasn't an exclusive type of thing. But he was pledging, this is actually very topical to the why fraternities kind of suck he was pledging a fraternity at the time and like we were trying to meet up and we were gonna like hang out and watch tv whatever and he was like oh i have to go to this fraternity function and he was like i have to go it's like a party i have to go and i was like okay this cannot end well if it's a party that's like mandatory and so he shows up at my apartment and is like clearly hammered this is maybe at like 10 o'clock at night he's hammered
0: but I have to say, so I, one of my favorite activities when Maddie lived with me was embarrassing her in front of her paramours. Not that there were, you know, large numbers of them, but there were a few and I enjoyed embarrassing A handful. A handful. And I interact, I was like, hello, young man. And interact with him. And he was definitely drunk, but I did not think he yeah, was. not at like a level that was unsafe no. or anything.
2: Yeah. yeah, so we're like... I remember vividly we were watching House of Cards and like 20 seconds into the episode he like runs to the bathroom and starts puking and at this point again like I had gone to bed yeah Shay had gone to bed I hear nothing Uh, we don't know what's I don't know what's going on because I was like he didn't seem that drunk I was like maybe he has food poisoning something's going on whatever so he comes out of the bathroom and I was like do you need water like at this point I'm being really nice And he was like, oh, no, no, it's it's fine. I'm fine. Whatever. And then literally 30 seconds later, he runs back into the bathroom and is puking and he's not coming out. So now I'm concerned. So I'm getting like paper towels. I'm like, you know, a wet washcloth. I'm like, maybe he needs some help, a glass of water. And I'm like knocking on the door like, hello, are you okay in there? And he like is in there for a long time, like 15 minutes. And he comes out. It does not look good. Like he was definitely on some sort of drugs or a lot of alcohol like he was out of it. And it was very clear, and this is, this has come out, like, later after the story. I've learned all of this. But, like, he was at the party, and he took, like, a bunch of shots right before he Poor left. choice. Yeah. So, like, when he left the party, he felt fine. But then the alcohol subsequently hit him all at once, and then he felt ill. So, anyways, I'm looking at him. He's now, like, disheveled on my couch, like, not saying anything because he literally can't. And I look over in the bathroom, and there is puke on the walls. <laughs> on the toilet. On the floor. Everywhere.
1: He didn't even try to, like, no, it? No,
2: literally on the walls. Yeah. And for those of you that know me, I don't like puke. I have a <laughs> phobia. A real, a real phobia of it. I don't it.
1: think anybody likes puke on no, the walls. No, but some
2: people are like, oh, whatever. Like, I've talked about this with, like, my boyfriend, for example. He's like, he he really doesn't like blood, which, again, a lot of people don't like blood, but he has no problem with puke. I'm the opposite. Like, if you're bleeding, I can help you, no problem. But if you're puking, I would rather not help you unless I have to. That's no. how I
0: feel about boogers, and that's why I can't have children. <laughs> Just a
2: Um, So...
1: Wait, that is yeah. the absolute worst.
2: Yeah, oh, it gets worse. So we, um, like, go... I'm looking at him, and I'm like, well, I have to clean the bathroom, because I was like, I don't know if... She... I don't want Shay, because she, she was asleep. I'm like, what if she gets up to, like, use the bathroom or something, and then there's puke everywhere? Like, I'm not going to be that guy. And I was like, I can't alert her. I don't want to wake her up. So I proceed to like clean the bathroom as best I can. Like I did kind of a sloppy job, but like, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't like visible, pe- like it wasn't, you know, unsanitary. And so I'm doing that. And I was like, you need to go, but he was too drunk to get himself home. So I put him in a cab with me and took him back to the East village. He has, he used to live in producer uh, the apartment above producer Jenny. Oh, yes. Now, um, and
0: you're texting me like, don't go to the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) I'm oblivious to everything.
2: Yeah. And so I finally get him home. Mind you, he's like six, four. He's very tall. And I have to like schlep him up the stairs. And he like was not in a good state. And then fast forward the next day, he like didn't really apologize, like didn't offer. He like, he was like, oh, do you need me to clean up your bathroom? And I was like, yeah, I left all the puke there for 12 (laughs) hours. Oh my God. And he never like, we've never spoken again. Like I yeah. see him in social interactions, like he's friends with some of my friends and like I know through the grapevine cuz like he cool. was obviously there. I think he's embarrassed about what happened and he doesn't Didn't have I it in him. Going to
0: the hospital that night? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. It was bad. That is not a good It was a
2: bad one. scene. Look. So now we call him the disgusting trash human,
0: the original,
2: because It's fine if you get too drunk and that happens, but it's, like, afterwards you profusely apologize, especially if it's someone that you're trying to date.
1: Exactly. And that's, like, the beauty of text messaging is, like, even if you're so embarrassed, you can type, I'm sorry, and it can come across genuine. I mean, he didn't even do that. No. Nothing. So, anyways. Boy, bye. Rude. So, our last
2: hot topic,
1: or our last card, rather.
2: Laura's going to pick.
1: I got one more. Let's see. Oh, this is a long one
2: read it you. Yeah.
1: there's a special kind of love that comes when you've had to clean up some puke multiple oh times Oh god
2: jesus christ <laughs> how timely whether
1: it's a fat black cut before 7 p.m thing i could not read this handwriting i'm so sorry awakening one subway platform thing a putting the wine back in the bottle thing i'm gonna skip the next one I can't even read it christmas party thing there's a lot of things, vulnerable things, strength, and professional.
0: Can you all, <laughs>
1: yes. try to read it? I'll
0: read it. Good job <laughs> <I can> reading <laughs> it because I've read
2: this one before. There's a special kind of love, there's a special kind of love that comes when you've had to clean up someone's puke multiple times. Whether it's a blackout before seven pm thing, a working one out on the subway platform thing, a putting the wine back in the bottle thing, or even a I went too hard at the Christmas party thing. It's an intimacy and. Vo- Of vulnerability and caring that strengthens any bond, be it romantic, platonic, or professional. I disagree. I felt no connection to the disgusting trash human when I had to clean up his puke. Yeah. But I mean, I will say, I mean, I've done it for friends before, and it's,
0: I don't think it's like necessarily strengthened our bond. I felt the bond with my dog strengthened when I had to clean up her puke. But that's like more maternal. Exactly.
2: But I also don't yeah, think I could see like mom with kids or mom with yeah
0: dog. you like, child. look how cute. Yeah. Also, dog puke is generally very contained. Yeah. And small.
2: If it's a significant other, like I can handle it, but I don't think it necessarily yeah. brings me closer to them.
0: No, I think I could go through an entire relationship without ever yeah. having to think anyone's puke.
2: Yeah, peak. I'm not into it. Yeah. Sorry, whoever submitted that card, we disagree. We... But it was it was very poetic the way you wrote it. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I couldn't yeah. read it. All right. Well,
0: what a delight. What a delightful episode. Uh, thank you again to Laura for um, joining us last minute on yeah. this lovely. Speaking hot about your sorority journey. Yeah. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, so please, uh, we meant to say this at the beginning, which we forgot to do, but follow us on social media yes at camp underscore
2: adulthood guys we only have 11 twitter followers that is pathetic i understand that the instagram can follow us on twitter The instagram has much better content i will say but it's like i put out the good content where we have followers if we have more twitter followers i will put out better twitter content that's true and i have a lot of twitter content just waiting in the wings Mm. but i don't want to waste it on only 10 of you I love it One of who is my mother So I can just text her things Maddie Who all does your mother Follow on Twitter? She's probably Gonna hate me (laughs) For saying this So my mom Has She follows Me My brother Blacks for Trump (laughs) And Donald Trump And Mike Pence And that's pretty much it Some others But
0: Yeah Good job
2: Mostly those people Um So definitely Follow us on social media It's good content It helps you know When the episodes Are coming out Which It's every Saturday Yeah Um, we're now on iTunes. Mm -hmm. So subscribe, rate, review. Anything else
0: you have to do on iTunes?
2: No, that's pretty much it. Like, if you're just one of those people that like goes episode to episode and downloads everyone individually without subscribing. That's dumb. You're kind of a sociopath, I think, because there's a, a function that literally does it for you. Yeah.
0: And you don't forget. Also, because several of my ancient millennial friends have asked me this, um, if you have an iPhone, there is an app pre-programmed into your phone you don't even have to download it it's purple it's called podcasts you open it up you don't have to sign up in anything or do anything special you just search camp adulthood and guess what it'll pop up and then you hit the subscribe button
2: and then every time we have an episode it'll just automatically be on your phone so you don't even have to try um and the rating is important every podcast says it but we want more people to find our podcast we want people to listen and we do want your feedback so if you're like oh i don't feel comfortable giving them a five-star review which like if you're listening at this point you're probably a friend of ours so you should be leaving a five-star review but if you're like oh this is maybe a three or four star podcast it's better even to leave a one-star review than no review like we need reviews
0: and if you, um, share the podcast with your friends, you can, I'm just making this up right now, but I promise I have a plan. You can be put in the running to win a special prize weekly. Yes. So this week, our winner is Hannah Cunningham, Ooh, yay. who is a delightful young woman, but she shared it with all of her uh, coworkers at Magnolia, uh, in Waco, Texas. Oh yeah. So thank you, Hannah. <gasps> I love Chip and Joanna. Listening. Hi, Hannah. I use too many swear words for Chip and Joanna to listen. <gasps> Hannah, I want them to like me. You have to... We'll, we'll connect with Hannah offline. Yeah. But, but uh, Hannah, so just uh, shoot me a text or an email. You know how to get in touch with me. And we will tell you what your prize is. Yay. Okay. So. so yes, hit the
2: subscribe. We're also... It's still on SoundCloud and the website. So if you're really anti-iTunes, you can still listen. So... And if you want us to... Like our, car, our cards that we were reading today were basically what we envisioned the email to be like. So you can... Have a, a standalone story, one-word topic, a question, whatever. Email us hello at campadulthood.com.
0: All right, thank you, everyone, and get ready. Soon we will have a musical interlude, but
2: not. Today. I'm writing it right now, but we can do our do 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 do
0: do